eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For all NBA NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, y'all? Welcome to your post-Christmas Day edition of Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat. Dub Nation, we got things to get into. We got (laughs) things to get into. Because the Warriors won. No, not only did they win, but they smacked the Grizzlies. Smacked the Grizzlies. (laughs) And it was... So, 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 so glorious. So this is our time. This is our time to talk. And yes, we are a championship. Yes, we have championship DNA. And yes, we are about more than regular seasons, all of that. And yet we still going to be petty on this Monday after Christmas. So let's get into it. Justin, how are you? <laughs> how are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Had a good feeling about the game going into it. We both did. It, it very much had that, not even like the Houston, not the 2020 vibe, because obviously this team is competing for a championship soon, but it just had that feeling like no one expects you to win, but you know in the back of your mind, like, ah, they, they, I feel good about it. So happy to see it happen in the way it did and all the, everything that happened during the game. It was just a very entertaining watch as well. What was your favorite thing from yesterday? And I mean, I'm sure you have multiple, but what's your favorite thing from yesterday? Um, Dylan Brooks getting cooked. That's just always a fun thing to watch. I mean, Steph usually does it. And then he's just like a, he's one of those Pat Bev type of dudes. that's going to be very in your face and acting like he's doing a lot when really he's just getting away with a bunch of fouls, but to see people just be unfazed by the fouls and, still just cook him the whole game. That's just always a great thing to see. So Jordan out the gate was just frying him. That was amazing to watch. (sighs) Yes. I think Clay standing over him and taunting him had to be the highlight of my night. (laughs) It was was the highlight. It was the highlight, yo, because this is like, who does this guy think he is talking about? I want to guard Clay Thompson. It's just, who does this team think they are? And you know, you know, I've been on it. 
I mean, I don't know, because you may have been actually doing what you're supposed to do, which is spend time with your family on Christmas. But once that <laughs> game got started and until after, like, I could not, I was done. That was it. I was on a tirade last night. But I've been, like, going off last night and since today. And I was, like, having a little back and forth, you know, with, with someone on the TL. Because, like, this thing that people want to do, like, Warriors fans are somehow, like, classless because... <laughs> We're going back at the Grizzlies and uh, and trying to say like the Grizzlies are what the Warriors once were. No, they actually are not. Like, just let's we're not gonna make up things. Like, seriously, I don't like to be gaslit and I don't like when people revise history. Like, first of all, first of all, first of all, like Ja hasn't even won and got passed beyond the first round. So if that is your comparison to like the Warriors, then that's about as far as it comes, right? They're not no like 60 plus game win team yet. He hasn't won no MVP. Um, And the Warriors didn't like go around, like they didn't like the Clippers, but the Clippers were also another team coming up like them. Like the Warriors did not like go disrespecting the Spurs. They didn't like, you know, talk crazy to them. And it's not that like they feared them and no one's saying that, the Grizzlies need to like fear anyone like that's no one the saying that, but like they straight up, you know, um, try to disrespect the Warriors like over and over repeatedly. You want, you want, um, you want to guard Clay Thompson. Y'all would have won if, 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 if job ja played, um, strength mm-hmm. in numbers and on and on and on and on. Yeah, we respect them, but like we come in and we're going to take that and just all of this stuff. Okay, fine. But then if you don't back it up and you lose to Ty Jerome on a Christmas Day game and get smacked, like you're going to get clowned. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this is crazy to me. And people talking about, oh, we're exhibiting Karen behavior. Like, do y'all know what Karen behavior is? Like, it's literally someone starting something and then being unable to handle it later and crying about it. Right. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, this is a, this is a constant theme throughout literally the entire NBA, particularly in the Western conference where you got teams who talk about how ready they are to dethrone the warriors and how they're going to beat the warriors and this and that. And then once the warriors either beat them or remind them that they have beaten them over the course of this past decade, with on our way to four championships, then it's all like you can no one can talk trash to the Warriors fans. All they're gonna do is bring up the championships. Well, duh, that's what you do when you win championships. You remind everybody that you have been on top of the league for four out of the last seven, eight seasons. Like, what else is you know, there we've to do? Won four out of the seven last seasons. We've been on top, but like right, this for has the been the Warriors league since. 2015 son it's been their league since then you know and the only reason that y'all even got two other champions or other people in that time is because they were injured that's it we allowed y'all to have some time when we were sitting out they've been running this league and no one has come in yet and actually dethroned them not a single person not a single team exactly so when when people go at the warriors it's all fair game it's competition it's sports so like if you want to talk do that if you're Mikael Bridges and you want to do the bobblehead three thing and Clay's face on the bench after you hit a three. If you want to, you know, talk about how you're a dynasty and you want to guard Clay Thompson, Dylan Brooks, and if you want to, you know, do all these different things, um, Chris Paul shimmying on people when he was with the Rockets, and we, yeah. I mean, there's there's been countless countless examples of these things. It's like, okay, cool, do that, but when you guys lose, 
don't be all oh the warriors are the bullies their fans are bullies and like they're classless and all of this meanwhile people making memes of steph's like kids and doing all this weird stuff but once it comes back on them after they lose then it becomes a a huge issue and that's always been something that's kind of annoyed me but when you're like the winner always gets the last laugh so (laughs) and they've they've ran the league for the last decade so it doesn't really it never really computes when people try to play the victim after they lose and people start talking back to them and reminding them that the Warriors have run this league for the last decade. So, And not just them, but then other fan bases trying to jump in like we're doing too much. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm seeing people who I know and I'm just like, come on, y'all got to stop. I'm going to like call and- it out. Like you got to stop. Because first of all, if this was y'all fan bases, like Raptors fans, Raptors fans, ball fans, they're one of the craziest fan bases out there. One of the craziest. And if if a team was talking as much to y'all as the Grizzlies did and then came in and got embarrassed, y'all would be all over them. But now all of a sudden, somehow we're like, we're acting silly because of the Grizzlies. Respectability politics. Come on. Like, what are we doing? Like, this is not new to sports. If you talk and you don't back it up, you're getting clowned. That's it. This is not new. You're getting clowned. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's not overcomplicated. And and every fan base is really the same. Like when it comes to this type of stuff, the Suns fan base, nobody even knew they existed before they actually, you know, after the bubble and they went, they went undefeated in the bubble. And then the next year they were in the finals. Now all you hear is Suns fans talking about how good they are. And whenever they beat somebody like the Warriors, they they're all in the mentions and you know, all this type of stuff. So like before they were actually good, you don't hear a peep when the moment fan bases taste success then they turn into all the other bully Karen fan bases exactly. that they complain about. And it's, it's like, all right, like every, everybody's the same. Everybody's the same when it comes to this type of stuff. The Suns were talking down on everybody when they went to the finals, they were talking down on everybody last year. I think they had the best, they had the, they were number one seed last year. Right. I mean, yeah, they were number one seed and they didn't play like that in the playoffs, but it's just, it's the same thing. When your team does well, you talk trash when they don't do well, you cower away, and that's just but how it is. But that's the difference with well, maybe not all Warriors fans, but with us because you know me, I be talking no matter what, I be talking no matter what the record was. Like, what, like, we did our pod and said they were winning. I went on and said they're winning, <laughs> they're winning, even when mm-hmm. I found out Andrew Wiggins was not playing, I still said they still win in this game. Like, I don't need the Warriors to win. That's the difference because we know who they are. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So we don't have to just talk when they win. Last year, we Ben said they win in the championship. We And mm-hmm. even now, as mad as we are about how they're playing and they're below 500 and like they're right now not in the proper season, we're still like, yeah, they can still win this all. Like we haven't, you know what I'm saying? Like we haven't like backed away from that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like to me, the difference, because people are like, oh, y'all are front runners. Like, do y'all know what front runners are? Like, like, do you understand what that actually means? Mm-hmm. I will never forget Anthony Davis saying this, but during their 2014-2015 run to the finals, when they played the Pelicans that first round, and Anthony Davis was like, yeah, they were like, oh, y'all like practice for us, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, he, and I, like, I'm sure that was Dre who said that to him, right? right. And it's like, that was hilarious to me. They swept them. They swept them. You know what I'm saying? Like the Warriors back up their talk. And when they do lose the few times they do, they're like, all right, what happened when Warriors lost in the in the in the um play-in? 
Seth said, y'all don't want to see us next year. And what right. did he do? Came back, they ran through the league and won. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're by far not front runners. But yes, when they're winning, they're going to celebrate because that's what that's what players do. And, and, but all and, of a sudden, like, they're bad because it's just too much winning and y'all hate it. That's it. Just call it what it is. Yeah. And, and even going back to the first championship run in 2015, when they ran into Memphis and they were they were running into some issues and, and Dre and Steph both to this day would say like they didn't Down know they to win one. that series. Yeah, exactly. they, they, so they they've always just put their head down and gone to work and like they had to earn their you know their right to talk crazy to people you know what i mean like even being down three one in okc like they were right. on the plane talking and clay was like man like just this one game at a guy at a time yeah talking exactly about, talking about on the plane but they were never like we're done they're like yeah you know what i'm saying so it's like Yes, they didn't win it all that year, but they still fought, got back to the finals, did all that with their best player, you know, injured. And, like, they've earned everything that they have, and they've never just disrespected any champions and greats before them. They they, they never have. And, right. again, I don't even care if you talk, but I'm saying if you're going to talk and then you don't back it up, right? because if you do, if you come in and you keep smacking the words and you take over – respect to you respect mm -hmm. to you but y'all haven't done that y'all fraudulent like all the other teams like the clippers like the rockets like the suns all of them fraudulent frauds and until yeah. you prove me otherwise memphis you fraudulent too yeah i was gonna say until proven otherwise um and i'm at like like they said they got a ton of respect for memphis i got a ton of respect for that team just because i do think they're one of the the teams that that have a little less fraud in them than say the Suns, I think in a series, they would have no issue with the Suns, right? Like they they get them out of there. Not the Suns, but look at if 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 the if the I'm um, sorry, I'm talking Minnesota about Timberwolves. If the Timberwolves were a smarter team, they would have won. They outplayed the Grizzlies like that whole yeah. series. They're just stupid. That's that's all I'm saying. Like they're not. Obviously, it depends on matchup, but like to me, they're still not this indestructible force. You know, like. For sure. The way the Warriors are. And that's how they talk. And the Warriors, like, that's that's what I, like, I don't like when, like, people tell me, yeah, but, like, the Warriors had to get there. They had to beat someone. The Warriors got there because of Stephen Curry. And unless you're telling me that John Morant is a top five NBA player of all time, generational talent, and he is an incredible talent, but unless you're telling me he has that ability, then they're not going to ever be like the Warriors. Yeah. And I don't like when people make those comparisons so easy because it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to build dynasties and win at that level and that success for all those years. And that's why so few have done it. Like, he didn't do it back-to-back, -back, but that's why the Spurs were so great. Did they ever even not make the playoffs? Tim Duncan, they did that shit for years. That's why I always say he's so underrated. It's not easy to do that. You're right. You're right. People think that one year just because of one or two, three years, they've been steadily making improvements, stuff like that, but it can end in one season. Like, and you can just be right back in the lottery or anything can happen. So to, to speak prematurely, is just, it's definitely going to rub people the wrong way. Like if you want to do that, sure. By all means do it. But like you said, when he, when it doesn't go that way, don't try to play the victim card. That's my, that's my whole thing. If you want to project yourself as being a dynasty before it actually happens, go ahead. But when you get clowned, and you get cooked the whole game, and and niggas are standing over you, laughing at you the whole game after you you getting <laughs> fried. You don't want to. We don't want to hear about the refs hoeing you in the game after y'all got all the calls and the and the Warriors got six texts called on them. 
Like we don't want to hear and none Jordan of that Poole shit, got bro. kicked out, bro. He got right. kicked out. We don't want to hear none of that shit. Take your L and move on, and then we'll see y'all in the playoffs and smack y'all again. Like that's just all it is. And if you want to, if you don't want people to talk, then beat them in the playoffs. Beat them. Like I, we don't want to hear about what that's would have happened if such and such player. I'm pretty sure Jaw they got smacked this game. Jaw played in the last game that Jaw played against them in the playoffs. They got smacked. That's they what were they was. Cold. I don't want to hear that. They were like, "Oh, Jaw didn't get no help." I'm like, bro, we were missing Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins. I don't want to hear it. Y'all were whole, healthy, and still got smacked by Ty Jerome, son. And, it's, and, and it's lost Jordan clearly, Poole for a whole quarter. It's, it's very clearly within the Warriors' defensive scheme to let Ja do him, run him off the line, and let him contest. Let him, and we can get into that a little bit uh, later as far as strategy, but let Ja get his numbers, and we're taking Bane out of the game. Take Bane out of the game, run him off the line. Dylan Brooks, we're going to let you shoot any shot you want to take because you are not a consistent shot-making offensive player. Your job is to play defense. Jaron Jackson, get him in foul trouble. And then y'all are cooked because y'all don't have anything outside of Jaw and and hopefully Bane if he shows up. But they they made it a point to take Bane out of the game and let Jaw do whatever he wants. And it's not going to – you're not going to beat the Warriors that way. You're going to get – okay, you're going to get a 1,000 two-pointers and dunks and stuff like that. Cool. We're hitting threes. Like, all right. So, yeah, that's just exactly. yeah, very satisfying to beat them always. Always. I do want to, yes, we do need to get into it and, and, and break down this game. So why don't we break and come back and do that? Because um, we have much more to talk about. But huh, the vibes are for show back. They are for <laughs> show back. Hell of a way to start Woo! off the homestand. Oh, my gosh. What a win. You're tuned into Golden Spaces with Justin and Nat. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For all NBA, for all NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. All right, let's get it. We back. We back. It's Golden Space. This is an Odyssey Originals podcast. I'm Nat, and Justin's here with me. And we're going to keep talking Dubs versus um, Memphis because that was such a good game yesterday. And I think as soon as I get up, finish recording this podcast, I'm going to get back on Twitter and keep talking because you know what? They get on my nerves. They get on my nerves. And the more people tell me not to be petty, it's the more petty I'm going to be. Because, like, you're one, you're not going to police my fandom. You're not going to police my fandom. And two, <laughs> they earned this. They earned the talk. Like, this reporter, this Grizzlies reporter, KJ, is that her name? Where she's like, this is really weird. And she showed Clay Thompson's interview. What was weird, KJ? Like, he actually gave the Grizzlies respect at the end. Like, right. he said, like, so I don't even know what your problem is. Like, there was literally nothing weird about what he said. Speaking of Karen activity. I don't know if her name was actually Karen. It's KJ, but <laughs> shout, out, shout out to her. Yeah, it's just. And did you hear the spaces with the? I think the. Um... I did hear that. <laughs> okay, 
It's just the same thing over and over again. Talk trash but to the Warriors. Talk about who's classy and who's not. Right. Half white trash, really? Yeah. Okay. Call him half white trash. I'm pretty sure last year people were talking about GP2's kids or something like that, or like whether or not he was. Or actually whether he was Payton's actually son. Gary Payton's son. Yes. It's just weird stuff. Weird stuff. Weird levels that people stoop to. But as long as, as long as the Warriors win, let them talk. Um, because yeah, it's it's always the same thing. Talk trash, lose, play the victim, repeat, rinse, repeat. But yeah. So yeah, let's. I mean, so the game is it because I keep loving how they said no one showed up to help Ja. Like you, an accident. <laughs> like, that was by design, yo. Like right. our defense. First of all, before we even get into like how well um clay been on bane i just want to talk about because it may not seem like it because ja you know had what like 30 something and i mean he did shoot very poorly from three maybe one or two for nine or something like that something crazy from three but um kaminga was giving him problems mm-hmm. kaminga was giving him problems he was frustrated out there yeah he looked a little tired and exhausted <laughs> And yeah. Kaminga was loving it because Kaminga's on. See, people, because I think people forget some people. I don't forget nothing. But remember how Jobs like, oh, oh, you gotta wait till you do something. The irony, the irony in saying that to Kaminga, he gotta wait till he do something. So I know Kaminga was like, yeah, boy, mm-hmm. yeah. And and last year, I think he got an and one on him or something, and he was like, this guy can't guard me, screaming, he can't guard me in the game. So and Kaminga, we know how competitive he is, especially with one on one matchups with guys. Um, and that's what makes him such an uh, intriguing long-term prospect because you know players like that typically, you know, if they take it, the game personally like that, you, it, it usually bodes well for their self-development and how they view themselves and how they can, you know, improve themselves over time to, you know, match somebody like Ja in the future. So I think overall, like, it's a good matchup for him because even if he can't match Ja step for step, and he's pretty quick himself, but if he can't match, match Ja step for step, he can at least – match him in leaping ability and you know he has more length than jaw he's about six seven six eight long arms so like the a lot of the shots that jaw likes to go to he can't really access them as easily next to a guy named kaminga and i think they they might have they might have found something depending on how consistent this are this is going forward with kaminga and james against this particular team or teams in general that like that have a guy that likes to really pressure the rim um this is by far james's best defensive game i think his his understanding of where he was supposed to be and how he was supposed to contest shots looked the best as he, as it's had since he got drafted. So um, his best game period. I mean, yes, yeah. it was largely defensive because there was no offense, but and, and like, Oh, you were impactful and all those other games when you were scoring, it wasn't impact impactful. This was exactly. And this is what I think this is what people envisioned like best case scenario, right? him and Kaminga both defensive minded and using their athleticism to affect the game on that end. And then everything on offense is a plus, but I think Jonathan at the point of attack really forced Ja to kind of get creative with his finishes and, and try to try to make something happen out of nothing because it was hard for him to get some space. And then James was there to contest a few of his floaters and he had to, you got to put it up 12, 13 feet to get it over James when he's, when he's doing it the right way. So I think that really bothered Ja. I think they kind of, crowded him on one as a layup attempts and Jonathan just spiked the shot out of bounds. So I think those two could potentially be really effective against this type of team. If, you know, they can be consistent in their roles going forward. I think that's something that they can potentially use in the playoff series. Um, if James is, you know, still on the team, but 
I think that's his path to staying on the team and being impactful, doing stuff like that. It, it might not be every single matchup, you know, teams that spread the floor a little bit more. He might not be able to, you know, impact the game like he did this game. But uh, I think they found something against Memphis with that, with those two. For sure. Um, Clay Thompson. And look, like I've been critical of Clay and Dre, who we're going to talk about after Clay. But like, yeah, you're not going to talk crazy about Clay Thompson. You're not going right. to talk only crazy only weekend. Yeah, only weekend. Only weekend, and even we don't <laughs> disrespect him. Like right, we right. just saying, like show up and do what you what we know you can do. But like you call y'all call him Clay role players. Please, Dylan Brooks would be would be lucky to even get an All Star appearance. Much more come close to having the resume Clay Thompson does. Like y'all are crazy. Y'all right. y'all are crazy the way they out here talking and then trying to play him. For, for standing over Dylan Brooks. Like, do y'all understand why Desmond Bain had a bad night? Oh, okay. Clearly you don't because Clay did his job. And don't forget, he was once an all-defensive player. So just, yeah, relax, relax, relax. Mm-hmm. They I mean, about to have me out here being ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he's shown throughout the season, like every now and then, if he's really, really locked in, then he's going to do what he needs to do. And that's why I'm not worried about Clay going into the playoffs because he's going to be locked in, you know, throughout a playoff run. It's just in the regular season, he might have some lapses, mental lapses and stuff like that. But we saw against Boston when he was guarding Tatum and he knew what he had to do for them to win that game. And it was a big game. And we saw last night against Bain, he knew what he had to do. And it was a big game. So he he really showed up on that end and did what he was supposed to do defensively. Um, shot making is going to go, you know, up and down as – he plays a high variant style, right? As far as like shooting and some of the shots that he takes. Um, but I think for the most part, he he wasn't like hijacking the offense or anything like that. It's just more of a uh, you know, gotta actually hit the shots type of thing. But yeah, he was locked in. And the disrespect with Clay is yeah, it, it is what it is because sometimes he does do some things that he shouldn't be doing out there. But for the most part, we know when it's winning time, he's gonna lock in and they're gonna he's gonna help them win. So Really, really proud of that performance he put on Bane. Just Memphis, of all people, like, yes, that is condescension from me, you're hearing. The audacity. <laughs> the audacity. So corny. Yeah, the team is corny, yo. They're corny. They're goofy. With all their dancing. I'm supposed to care about them dancing? That shit ain't no different to me than we work. You know what I'm saying? People tell me, oh, they when do it all work. the time. Yeah, the, the, the sons work out all the time afterwards and post videos, and they corny, too. <laughs> well, they corny, son. They are corny. And they got sunned. Sunned by Ty Jerome. Shout out to Ty Jerome. He's been hooping. I mean, the Warriors, they usually do a, a decent job of getting two ways or, like, fringe NBA guys and turning them into something. Um, I think last year they kind of kind of missed with Chioza, even though he helped them win a one, one game. But... <laughs> Ty Jerome and, and, and redacted, huh? Which game was that? The Spurs game. I think he he played he played decent in the Spurs game, if I remember correctly. That's one game though out of 82. He could have helped him a lot more. But Ty Jerome has been a, a, a <laughs> he's been a uh you know a knockout of the park as far as like an acquisition. He was a late addition to the training camp roster and they've turned him not turned him into a good player, but they've utilized him and he's maximized his his talents to the best of his ability so far. Definitely helped them win a game. When Jordan Poole went down, 
it was like a window there where Memphis could have crawled back into the game early in the fourth. And he kind of, he hit some big shots, him and Moody stabilized. He was just kind of punishing Tyus Jones because Tyus Jones is too small for him. But yeah, shout out to Ty. My, my brother was like, because I was telling, I was, I was talking about how, like how Dante got his nickname white Dante. Cause it's not like any other white people named Dante out there really. And he was like, well, you can do the same thing for Jerome. Like if that was his first name, you can call him white Jerome. So I'm like, you got white Dante and white Jerome on the team. <laughs> that is true. I, but Jerome is a last name. I've never heard that either as a last name before. Yeah, that's it's. But it's even rare. Ty, because what's Ty short for? If it's Tyrone, you know. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like white Ty. Right. White Ty. Oh man, yeah. Clay was awesome yesterday, and I was mad about all the texts, but his. I was like. I love that tech play. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The texts were stupid, yo. The texts were stupid yesterday. Mark Davis needs to be investigated. Him, Rock Kobe. And what's so funny is because Grizzlies fans are mad about Mark Davis. I'm like, oh, you think that y'all only got hold by him? Like, like, what are we doing? They're harping Mark on the Clay Thompson shooting free throws. I'm like, did y'all win lose by two points? Because unless you did, right. I don't want to hear it. Like, what are we doing right, right now? Just, just dumb stuff. Dumb stuff. Meanwhile, Dylan Brooks is shoving people in the air, shoving people when he's navigating screens and not getting anything called for it. Coming under people Pushing when they shoot Jordan threes. Down. We saw all of that. Just like, come on now, cut it out. Josh carrying the ball every fucking time he dribbles, he's carrying the ball. Every no possession. call ever. Like we don't want to hear anything about the refs, especially from y'all. Like, come on. Never, never. Never. Apparently, the rest of the reason why JJJ can't stay his foul happy ass off the floor. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, he's always been foul happy too. So I don't exactly. Yeah, I love that video of the Warriors bench and laughing. laughing. <laughs> and I'm sure he knew what he was doing too. He knew exactly. Exactly. Like, I, this, this is this is the experience of championships, and because they knew he's like, all right, let me get him off the floor. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because normally I'm like, you know, it's corny to try to get players out the game, all of that. But you down two of your best players. You down yeah. two of your best players. So I mean, even if, I mean it, it might be a, a cheesy strategy depending on how you go about it. But if you're going at a guy, you know, he's a shot blocker and he's foul prone, get him out the game. Like it, it changes the game for the team. Like you got another guy in there who is no, he's not nearly as good of a defensive player in like Brandon Clark and and uh, Aldama and all these guys out there. It's, yeah, get Jaron off the court. See ya. If you can't sure. stay on the court because you fouling too much, that's not our fault that we're trying to foul bait you. That's your fault because you fall for the bait. So, absolutely, yeah, that's that. absolutely. Dre was brilliant yesterday in a very Dre like yeah. way. I mean, big game. You know, you know, Dre's going to show up for the big games. It's just the the Charlottes and the those random games against like lower level teams that you might not get the best version of Dre. And that can be a little bit frustrating at times, but you know, if it's a big game when people are talking trash, he's going to at least show up with the effort. Um, he's going to stand over job. Right. Him standing over job. I mean, he, I think he really wanted that one because job is such a high flyer and all that type of stuff. And I don't think he's been like blocking a ton of shots, like for the past few years, like he's not getting up there like he used to. So when he gets blocks, I think he really enjoys that. And he definitely got it on Chow. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was great. And Poole, I didn't love him getting kicked out at the end. And again, I don't think like 
that second tech was warranted. But I feel mm-hmm. like he's going to have to be more aware that like, because he has like eight texts already for the year. Like, I just feel like he needs to be aware that like, he's not getting the, the latitude and rope of a star. And so like, you got to be mindful. And in a game like this, where we're already missing staff and we're already missing wigs and they've called mad texts, you just like, they need mm-hmm. you. Because yeah. to me, it was still risky with him going out at that point in the game. There's still a lot of time left. For sure. For sure. Grizzlies definitely could have went on a run right there. Um, and like I said, Jerome and Moody hit some big shots to, to keep them ahead. But yeah, he he's emotional dude. Like you can tell like when he goes to the rack and he feels like he's getting fouled, you can see him after each play kind of arguing with the refs. Sometimes he'll even stay back in the backcourt while the other team is going on a fast break, which is mm-hmm. obviously very frustrating to watch. Um, so hopefully he gets that out of his system a little bit, take a little bit out of Steph's book where Steph will, he'll go at the refs, but it'll be calculated and it'll be like at a right. point in the game where it doesn't really impact the team as much. And he, he definitely not going to get eight texts in the first, whatever the first half of the season. So, um, yeah, he just got to kind of chill out a little bit, but I mean, overall yeah. he played, he played really well, especially in the first half. He's like I said, for sure. Kill I was gonna say shout out to Moody too. Like, I mean, after a while, I was like, okay, y'all gotta stop going to Moody because he wasn't making anymore. But like, he hit some big shots that were definitely, mm-hmm. definitely big time important. Dante too. Like Dante, he's did his thing. Yeah, Dante, he's gonna get paid. He's probably gonna de- <laughs> he's probably gonna de- decline that player option next next summer and get paid. Um would love to have him with the Warriors for, for more years to come, but he's, cause he's been knocking his role out of the park, running the offense when he needs to hitting shots, playing defense. He's not the, the leaper that he used to be as far as like just vertical jumping and stuff like that. So a lot of the plays with him guarding jaw just ended with jaw jumping above him and laying it up, but he was still making it tough on him as, as best he can hitting timely shots. Um, and just being in the right place at the right time consistently. That's all you got to ask. That's all you can ask for your role players to do be in the right place at the right time, hit open shots, play hard, play smart. And he's been doing that like since he's gotten healthy all season. Yeah. Um, it seems like a good point for us to break and come back and maybe talk a little bit of outlook for the season, for the Warriors, maybe MVP the rest of the Christmas Day games. Who knows what you're going to get with us? We'll be right back. <laughs> All NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. We're back. It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Matt. Justin, what up, what up, what up? <laughs> you still feeling good, Justin? Feeling great. Feeling, feeling great. great. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. So I think Christmas Day ended up ultimately being pretty good because, I mean... Like, I mean, really, the Warriors game with the Grizzlies, it actually was not really, like, the Warriors pretty much had control of the game throughout the game. Um, But I think even though it ended in them technically, I think, getting blown out, like, it was still, I think, an enjoyable game and watch for people. Like, it was, like, very entertaining. Um, But I think overall, Christmas Day turned out pretty good when you consider that like really key guys were out on like in every game that, mm-hmm. that, that, that played. So yeah, I mean, I don't really care too much to be honest about 
the Knicks and the 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 the, the Sixers, but Sixers I think now have won like four in a row. Um yeah. And are looking pretty good. So what are your thoughts on them as a team in the East? I know you were someone who when we did our previews sort of thought like the Sixers could be they could ultimately end up being maybe the best team in the East or, you know, one of them, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think on paper they have like potentially the deepest team in the East. You got a superstar on Embiid, you got a star on Harden who's been playing a lot better. Um Maxie's a rising star, and you got pretty much a bunch of other good players, Tobias, PJ Tucker, DeAnthony Melton's been hooping for them, Shake Milton. Um, so I think early in the in the first part of the game, they weren't really playing like super hard. So the Knicks just kind of punched them in the mouth. Jalen Brunson has been looking really, really good for them. So he's been kind of controlling the game or he was controlling the game against the Sixers. And then Embiid and Harden just kind of like took over Embiid. You know, they, they're two grift grift kings. So they're going to get to the foul line. They're going to, you know, slow the game down. That's what they did. Um, I think Embiid finished with like 30 plus, I want to say, and Harden finished with a good, good number as well. Good line. So it ultimately a talent is not the issue with them. It's, focus it's health it's doc rivers right harden has been known to show up small and big games as well and Embiid either can't stay healthy or just you know something's always going on with him in, in big games as well too so ultimately i think it's matchup dependent and i think it's can they get over that hump with them which i don't think they probably will but the talent is there so that's for sure for sure um, outside of the Warriors game, what was your most enjoyable watch of the other games? Probably Celtics Bucks. Um, I I kind of like just went to sleep early on that Nuggets game. I was just kind of following on Twitter. I wasn't really watching it too close. Um, that probably would have been number one. But um, other than that, definitely Bucks Celtics. That was a pretty good one for majority of the game. Yeah, you know. After all of these games, there was a lot of uh, MVP chatter. It was, it was the, the, the Lakers-Mavs game. I mean, it wasn't too, like, entertaining to me. But it was just interesting because it was, like, the Lakers kind of, like, dominated. Not really, but they kind of, like, in the first half at least, like, okay, they showed up. They were playing well. And then, like, the Mavs just started hitting shots, and that's it. It was a wrap. Yeah. Um, Typical Mavs. Yeah. So it was, like, but, I mean – I don't know. Anthony Davis was out. I'm not someone who's too big on either one of these teams. So, I mean, obviously, if you have Luca, I guess you always have a chance to make a little push. But I don't really see either one of them doing much in the West. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I didn't care about those games so much. Um, I was definitely, like, tuned in for Celtics Bucks. I was rooting for the Celtics. I'm going to make this known again because some people seem to, like, not know. I like the Celtics. They are my East team. I am a Celtics fan. Um, so I'm outside of the Warriors. I'm usually rooting for the Celtics anyway. But um, I feel like with the Celtics, because Tatum had a big game. He had mm-hmm. a big game. And actually going up against all the other MVP candidates except for Steph, <laughs> he's actually like outplayed most of them and his team got the W. And yet, after last night's game, everyone's telling me Jokic is the front runner for MVP. What is it about Jason Tatum where people just don't want to like 
give him that kind of acknowledgement and buzz. And I'm not saying that he's a better player than Jokic, but he's absolutely worthy of MVP. And I think, in my opinion, should still be the front-running candidate, especially yeah. if I'm not counting Steph in there right now. You know, like, they still have the best record in the NBA. They've been sort of like, they've been playing well since the start of the season. He's been playing well for the most part. Like, I know that people think he has, like, all this other help, but, like, come on. Like, why Why is he not getting, like, true MVP consideration? Um, I was actually just having a conversation with a group of guys about this earlier. Um, and I think people typically view this, like, MVP combo is, like, you're only, like, a legitimate MVP if you're in the conversation for, like, best player in the world as well, right? Is I think that's just kind of, like, the – unspoken criteria a lot of people place over the mvp title it's like if you don't legitimately have a case for being a top five or even the best player in the world then we don't really expect your mvp candidacy because we know you're not truly more valuable than those top tier guys Steph in that convo when he won in 2014-15 for us warriors fans but nationally he wasn't um i don't know i mean you don't remember the whole league voting afterwards that harden should have won a yeah. lot of people were mad. They were like, that's the team. It's the system. I just don't know that people would. That's why they were willing to give a finals MVP to, to Andre. I will always, like, you know, like, die on this hill. Like, it was mm-hmm. a cool story. At that time, the Warriors weren't looked at as, like, a team, even though he won the MVP. It wasn't looked at as, like, some team who Steph led. It was looked at as, like, this group of guys we're in this system where everyone's contributing and Andre Iguodala, who could be an all-star, took mm-hmm. a back seat. And, like, because when they view it as, like, your legacy and, like, you as a certain type of player, they wouldn't even dare. Like, Kyrie went off and, to me, had a case to get votes in the 2016 finals. He didn't even get a single vote. Like, they don't, they won't even consider it, right? And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I know we viewed him and I thought he was, like, one of the best players in the league or the best but I don't think nationally most people did and the media did. So, but I, I mean, I think it's an interesting point that you're making. I, like, I believe you that some of that's there, but I just wonder, like, I don't know. I feel, I don't know. I feel like no, I agree. people should, like, you know, he's athletic. He is checking a lot of the boxes. You know, I feel like he's the kind of player that a lot of times people will say is better than they really are. And I just, I don't, I don't get it. You know, it's the Celtics. I I really don't understand it. No, I feel you. And I mean, mean, just talking back to Steph in 2015, I think um, that year in particular was a little bit, I wouldn't say weird, but like, even if people didn't view Steph in that light, some of the other guys who they did just either didn't perform up to that level or they just didn't play at all, right? Like KD missed that season. Um, LeBron, that was like his, probably his, worst statistical season since he became an MVP candidate. Um, and then other than that, who else was up there with him? Anthony Davis, who was just, who was young coming up in the league and James Harden, who was just got to Houston a few years ago. You know what I mean? So it was a different pool yeah. of players that he was going up against, even if he didn't get that individual respect that he deserved. Whereas with Tatum, you got Steph having arguably his best season of his career. Um, you got Luca, who's, you know, having a great season himself, Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, like all these guys who are just bona fide, super duper mega stars um, that are up there putting up these crazy seasons. It's just, I think it's tough for people to be like, yeah, Tatum 
is this better than all these dudes? He should get it. You know, like even if his team is the best, I can see how it can be a little bit tough for some people to say that he's legitimately the the MVP of the league where Giannis and all these other dudes are also having great seasons. It's kind of like to a lesser extent to like how people view book. Like he's like, yeah, the Suns were number one seed last year and book played great, but we ain't giving you no MVP buzz because we know you're not as good as these guys. You know, Tatum is better than book, but I think it's that same dynamic at play. Um, and it, it's kind of not fair because he is having an MVP caliber season. He's over 30 a game. He's outplayed a ton of MVP candidates head to head. His team has the best record. Um, they had the number one offense. I don't know if they still do, but all he checks a lot of, if not all the boxes, and he just doesn't quite get that respect. But uh, I'm thinking it's rooted in that that line of thinking right there. No, nah, that's a solid point. But that's just what also why it's so ironic because people fought so long to even acknowledge Jokic's greatness. And now they want to third, throw him a third MVP. And I'm sorry, I have to say, like, you're going to give him three MVPs and he hasn't even, like, Going to a finals or one, I actually think that's ridiculous. Like, if I will be very annoyed if they mm-hmm. try to give him a third MVP. Like, to me, he shouldn't even be in the discussion. Like, he has to go and do something before we're awarding him another MVP. How do you have three MVPs and never ever? I, I don't care. But never been to the finals. By the way, I don't want to hear about like who he was missing because this is why I said he shouldn't have been MVP last year, right? Like, I don't believe in rewarding these people for like carrying a team and getting them there because there has to be like a part of actually winning, you know, like what he did was great. And I know that I might be in the minority here, but to me, that's why he shouldn't have won that year either last year, because now you keep telling me this guy is the MVP three years in a row. Yeah. And, and I've been kind of. Cause warriors healthy. They not making no finals again either. Right. <laughs> You're not making it. Yeah. I find it hard for them to be able to make it, even if the Warriors aren't there in the conference finals. But um, yeah, this is why I've been pushing for a playoff MVP. You know, part of the reason it's like, okay, the MVP, it's always going to come back to the MVP as a regular season award. And we understand that it is. But like you said, being the MVP of the league means like you're in the argument for best player in the league. And you got to, you got to get to the finals at least one time. Like, three straight years MVP and not having the type of playoff success that an MVP typically has. It just looks, it just looks a little weird. Even if he deserves it, he's definitely had three straight and he's having a MVP caliber season this year. So from that standpoint, sure. Like he he's deserving of it, but it's gotta be some type of nuance involved here. Like you can't be MVP three times in a row and losing the first round or a second round three years in a row. That would be, that would just look crazy on the league. So and also, I'm sorry, like with all due respect, but the only time that I've seen y'all do something was in the bubble. And like, that's just always going to be questionable until you do it outside of the bubble. And and like, finally, there are other guys out there deserving. Like, even if you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't understand why after yesterday's game, it was, oh, he jumps to the front. He's clearly the MVP. Give it to him. Like, what? Like, I don't even think he's having that kind of a season where you can say that he just had like a few recent games. No, when I say that, meaning not that he's not having an MVP season, but that he's clearing everyone else. I don't think mm-hmm. you can say that. That's my point. Right. And I'm just like, yeah, he just had a few recent big games, but like Tatum wasn't slouching, to, you know, mm-hmm. in that game. Giannis has not been subpar. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys are not having like subpar seasons, you know? And then, you know, like, 
I, I don't bring up Steph because I'm a big believer. Like your record has to be there. So while I still think Steph is the best player and was playing better than all of them, like it don't matter. And now he's hurt, you know? So um, if he doesn't miss too many games, he, you know, cause I mean, all the rest of them are going to have more games played. Most likely we'll see how the season plays out. But like, if he comes back and like leads the Warriors on a run and they do end up finishing like top three, he can put his name back in that conversation. But for now, mm-hmm. I'm just like, that's a done deal. So I just, the way people are just like, oh yeah, just give him, he's going to get his third MVP. Like he's clear above the rest. I'm like, he's not clearing guys. Like no. he's having an amazing season. Other guys are having an amazing season, but like y'all need to like relax. Now it feels like a little bit biased, like in the other direction and just keep giving it to him. Mm-hmm. There are some people who want to accept that he is like the best player in the NBA, him or Giannis, and neither one of them are better than Steph. That's my opinion. Right. Um, I think this is this is like kind of what everybody wanted as far as like parody, right? This is probably one be one going to be one of the toughest MVP battles in history. Like if you go back to I think I want to say like 1967 or something like that, it's like. Here's the voting for MVP, and it shows Bill Russell averaging like 30 rebounds, and Elgin Baylor averaged like something crazy, and Will Chamberlain and Jay West and Oscar Robertson, all this type of stuff. I think it's going to look something like that this year, where everybody has their own individual case and a super compelling case. And, you know, MB's leading the league in scoring, and Giannis is Giannis. Steph is crazy efficiency and all this type of stuff. Um, so ultimately, there will be so many guys with the case that I don't think that Jokic will get three in a row. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, hopefully Steph, hopefully Steph comes back with enough time to play enough games that he doesn't get disqualified from his games missed and, you know, Warriors can climb up. He really can't miss too many more games though. Like when he comes back, you know, it sucks that they had rested him unnecessarily, in my opinion, for certain games at the beginning. Huh? He's going to get rested again when he comes back. He's probably going to get rested again. at least. Right. And I like, they probably don't want to play him back to back. So I just, I don't think he's going to ultimately play enough games because I feel like. I mean, that's what cost him, like, a first-team All-NBA, and that better not be the case again this year, you know, because um, I feel like they're going to try to probably put Ja in there with, like, a Luka and put him mm-hmm. on second team again and use, like, games played. But those guys are not having better seasons than him. No. No. And so I don't uh, – yeah, I don't know. And, I, I mean, I know, like – I mean, I don't want to say, like, because I don't really – I know ultimately Steph cares the most about winning, but I, I hate when people say, like, he doesn't care about those things. Of course he does. Right. Like, they counting up – because no one's going to remember, oh, he got second team because he was injured. They're just going to be like, oh, he has these second teams. Like, they just going to mm-hmm. look at this many first teams, this many second teams. And it's I'm a bit tired of the second and third teams racking up for him because that one year where he got third team, like, I was with, but all the other years he got second team, he should have been first team. Right, clearly. And bullshit reasoning why he was put on second team. Yeah, so he gotta he gotta get it together. He really does. Um so I mean, what do we think going well, who who would be your envy pick right now if you had to pick MVP? Probably Tatum. Really? hmm I like when you agree with me, I'm just surprised. <laughs> Yeah, I still, don't, I still don't think Tatum is on the level of those other MVP caliber guys as, as an individual player, but I think he's done enough to warrant MVP. Like I said, he's beaten all the other MVPs head-to-head, outplayed them all, um, except for Steph. He has crazy numbers. I believe he's averaging like 31, 8, and 4. Pretty good efficiency, pretty good impact numbers. Like the, the Celtics are still winning their minutes without him, I'm pretty sure, but 
they're really winning them when he plays. You know, it's that type of type of deal. Um, and yeah, best record, best player in the best team, great individual stats, head to head matchups. He's checking all the boxes at this point. So yeah, I will give it to Tatum. Well, there you go. He made the case for me, so I don't need to make it. That would be my pick too. Um, and I don't know who I would have second or third. Like I've like, you're right, Embiid, Giannis, Jokic. Like they all like have their cases. But right now, for me, I would be giving the nod to to Tatum in the absence of anyone else like coming on. So outlook for the Warriors. They're going to be on a home stand. And um, they have a chance to, like, do something. So I think we talked about this a little bit before, and we don't need to get deep. But I know we, like, we're just going to stop making predictions because they've been so wonky. But I think they Mm -hmm. understand the need. I think they understand the need to take advantage of this homestand and, like, try to get some wins while Steph is out. Steph is going to be evaluated in two weeks, and that was, like, a few days ago. They said two weeks. So I don't think he's going to be back for the Orlando game because I think the – two-week time period would be the day before Orlando. And I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the lawyer, the Warriors to, like, evaluate him and then let him come back the very next day. Right. So I feel like Phoenix is maybe more likely than Orlando. But you really think they're likely going to want him to get a, a home game in first before going on a road trip, right? Yeah, I think that's that would be ideal. But I don't think that's, like, the, you know, like a deal breaker if he doesn't. I definitely think he's going to be with them on that road trip and he's going to, he's going to play at some point on that road trip. It's just a question of, you know, which, which game between the 10th and the 16th, which game is it going to be that he comes back? That's the question. Yeah. um, Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I think the Warriors are going to win some games during this homestand. My hope is they got, Gonna be one, two. How many? How many home games do they have? One, two, three. Seven more. Seven more. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what's the record, Justin? After the seven, <laughs> we're not gonna make no predictions. Whenever we make predictions, they be like, "Watch this." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna just say it's. it's do you a think lot they will games. have a winning record coming out of the homestand? And we're counting Christmas Day. Or are they just gonna? Mm-hmm. Or are they gonna be under five hundred? I mean, five hundred is an option. Oh, too. as their overall record. Yes, yes. I for think, the homestand. I think they will be. Oh, for the homestand alone, they should have a winning record for the homestand alone. They are what now? They're what? Uh, Sixteen and eighteen. Um. Yeah, yeah that's so right. They, They're two games below five hundred. Yeah. So if they have a winning record, then they'll be above or at five hundred by the time. They go on this road trip um, or around when Steph comes back. And that's all you can really ask of them at this point. Just, you know, be 21 and 20 or be, you know, 22, 19, something like that. By the time Steph comes back, that would be amazing. Um, and then they can reel off, uh, like I said, 25 out of the last 41, 27, 28, somewhere around there. They'd be in a good spot at that point. Okay. Well, it has been fun. I'm going to go. I apologize for some of the background noise because my parents, my family don't know how to respect that I'm recording a podcast. So guys, I'm sorry. That's just what it is when you visit your family for the holidays. But (laughs) (laughs) I will be back (laughs) in quiet in an ideal um, podcast recording um, setup uh, for the next show. So thank you for your patience with me. 
um, for these last couple of episodes. Thanks for tuning in. We see y'all comments. Y'all like, oh, the vibes are definitely back. So we know y'all are listening. So we appreciate y'all. You saw those messages, though? I did. I did. Shout out to them. Yeah, we definitely (laughs) appreciate y'all. Keep tuning in. Send us mailbag questions. We'll we'll make sure to, like, ask for some. But it was Christmas, y'all. So we were with our families. And I'm sure many of you were, too. But thank you for the support. Download, share, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at Golden Spaces Pod. Until next time. Um, and we will be talking to you guys soon. Um, we got three games this week before the for the year closes. So um, we'll be talking. So tune in for those. And we'll be back. Take care. <laughs>